Welcome to the Virtual Velo Podcast, powered by the Zimunike. We are exercise and nutrition scientists, physical therapists, and performance coaches, but most of all, we are passionate about cycling and immersed in the virtual cycling community. Our goal is to inform, inspire, and challenge you. So come take a conversational ride with us today. We are very excited to have one of the best e-racers, if not the best e-racer of all time with us joining. Uh, so Lionel Vuyasin, I believe that I've got that pronounced co correctly, but his friends like to call him Leo. Um, and I have a huge list of accomplishments that this rider has had in the e-racing community. So he, he started off in 2018, where he traveled to Vancouver to compete in the live final of the CBR, and he won. I believe that was his first time on a smart trainer, but he can elaborate on that. Uh, he's a member of the first Zwift All-Stars team to compete in the KISS Super League, uh, an original member of the Canyon ZCC Esports team. Belgian national esports champion. He has come in fifth and sixth in the esports world championships several several times. So I have a longer list that I'm not going to completely go over right now because there's just too much to talk about with Leo. Uh, but I want Leo to go ahead and introduce yourself. Leo, how are you doing today? Hi. Thank. Thanks for having me. Like, uh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Very happy to be here, sit with you, and talk about. Zwift uh, racing, uh, yeah, let's let's do this. Like, so what? Uh, we've also <laughs> got uh, our other hosts with us. We have Joy, Nathan, and Chris. Uh, hello, everyone. I wanted the audience to know that it, the whole the whole crew is present. Um, so, Leo, tell us a little bit about what a day looks like for you right now. I guess you wake up, get on the trainer, eat lunch, get back on the trainer, eat dinner. Cool. And then go to bed. I wish, I wish, wish it would be like that. But no, it depends depend on the schedule, of course. Um, but yeah, wake up and then either go training or go to work or vice versa. Like sometimes I work in the in the morning, then finish mid mid afternoon, like four p.m., and then probably racing or doing some intervals. And if I'm lucky, I do uh, the opposite. I can go training in the morning, which is a blast, and and then go to work. But yeah, it's always like one or the other. Excellent, excellent. And I know you have some hobbies as well. Is is it also looks like you have a, a love of animals? Yeah, yeah. We 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 like to rescue like some animals at at home. Like that's why. We got like six cats, one dog, one rabbit, like one one duck, of course, the famous one. The duck. Which is the, yeah, which is, to be honest, he is like a bully, you know. <laughs> Nobody would like him, to be honest, because he's, he's such a bastard, you know. <laughs> so that, that's why when, when Nathan called me the duck, I'm always like, oh man, if you knew, if you, if, if you knew, he's such a bully, you know. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that <laughs> we we like we, we like to have like those, this would say presence in 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 our home and yeah, it's always good times with them and then it it helps also to to disconnect from from everything when you are when you take care of them. So yeah, it's it's very cool. Sure. And so for your your day job, um, what do you do yeah. in addition to e racing? Yeah, so I work for the 
famous swoosh, like, you know, the, the sport brand. I don't know if I can tell the brand in, on the podcast. Of course, but, uh, yes. Everybody knows that. As we, Nike. we are platform yeah, agnostic, so we can talk about okay. anything we want. So I work for Nike and I'm a stockroom manager, back of house manager. So I take care of everything with, uh, with the operation side of the store in, in my, in my uh, town. So, so yeah, it's, it's quite fun. It's also some heavy days on, on for the legs, but yeah, it's quite fun to be in the sports environment even if it's the retail and retail is hell but yeah it, it's it's fine yep i have uh <laughs> i have worked retail before and i know exactly what you mean the hours are tough uh the seasonality of it is tough uh and then you know just the yeah, pressure it's all, it's all about the the like you know some sometimes during the year it's harder than other and mm -hmm. then you have to to deal with that and with years, the experience, it's get better. So, so yeah, it's fine. It allowed me to train. So, yeah. I'm curious about your, uh, your outdoor rides. You ride solo when you're riding outside? Always riding solo. Like that, that's the thing is I'm such an introvert. Like I, I never really went in, in a club before. Like when I was younger, I was just like, riding solo all the time and then when i had to join a team i remember when i started racing on zwift i was racing for with the the rafa cycling club because i can do things by myself and then he's come by and say oh would you like to join a team i was like oh, well, yeah maybe i don't know <laughs> i've never been in a team before so but i love the experience so I'm it's different i'm looking at your ride from this morning where yeah. you rode uh 75 miles whatever yeah. kilometers that is um pretty hilly 4300 feet yeah it's so difficult to do other things in my area <laughs> and is it is it beautiful there yeah in Belgium? It's, it's like the spring classics you know like the the Ardennes, like they say so it's always up and down never really tough climb but always up and down and, and yeah i try you... to use that do you pick specific routes or do you just go out and ride when you're riding outside? I try to plan my route my, so I can maybe hit the, the target zone. Like for today, I, did, I want something more rolling, but with long, steady, uh, false flat and stuff like that. So I can push zone two most of the, uh, of the ride. And yeah, I, it's something so I... So you have I, a lot of options. Yeah, of course. I can have steep outside. climbs for intervals. I have zone to ride with like less, more flat, I would say, but it's not very flat, but it's the best and I can And how do. cold is it? It looks like it's kind of chilly. Yeah, it's like 10 degrees, degrees, 10, 10 degrees Celsius. I don't know in Fahrenheit, but it's fine. Yeah. As long as you it's don't fine. have to put gloves on, it's fine. So <laughs> That makes sense. Yeah. And you, you started off doing... um. Um, mountain biking and, and cyclocross right in belgium yeah yeah because the problem is Bel in belgium with road cycling is that when you are younger the the race is they always like in the middle of village so it's pretty flat and you go it's like criterium all the time and i really don't like criterium stuff so i like climbing and like so mountain biking was the best option and i really had fun on, in, in the woods and 
being in nature, not being surrounded by cars and stuff like that. So I think for a teenager, is the best is to go off-road. You know, I... Go ahead, so Chris. I'm, yeah, I'm, oh, sure, I'll go. Go ahead, Ken. Because we're talking about mountain biking, well, I'm, I'm glad to interrupt yeah. and, and talk over everyone. Um, in the United States, NICA, National Interscholastic Cycling Association, has gotten really big, and those kids, they only ride off-road. And I think that probably liability and safety are huge factors in it. Um, and uh, I was a coach for a number of years and really enjoyed it. Uh, I don't really have the capacity to do it anymore, but I agree with you 100%. You know, I did a criterium once at a, like this kind of redneck racetrack out in the countryside. It was an oval like racetrack for cars to race on. And it was super exciting. There was a big crash in front of me and there's guys screaming and bright bikes breaking mm -hmm. in front of me. And I finished that race and was like, wow, that was incredible. I can't wait to do that again. And then by the time that I drove home 45 minutes later, I had like calmed down and realized like, I don't think I'm ever going to try to do a criterium again. <laughs> and I haven't, you know, I've done lots of mountain bike races since then, but I just don't see like the, the carnage in the mountain bike races that I've seen on the road. And I know Nathan's, he wants to jump in here as well. Yeah. So last year with tour of America's Dairyland had a ton of fun doing it. And it was like all this adrenaline hype. Oh my gosh. And I felt like almost mountain biking, like you're, dodging trees and threading the needle but it's then you realize it's with people at like 30 miles per hour sometimes in corners and like you start wondering like i thought about going this year and then i was like looking forward like wait i'm actually taking my other results seriously right now and will i come home in one piece like and so now i'm like and now i'm away from the summer when the criteriums are going on and i'm like I really want to race Toad next year. I really want to race some Criteriums next year. And then they'll come around and be like, ooh, I'm a little closer to when it's actually happening. That was a nice idea. So, but I don't know about actually going for it. I mean, is that similar for you, Lionel? Like why you might or might not want to go for that? Yeah, yeah, sure. And also like back in the days when I started in Belgium, the mentality is a bit special that, Cycling is a big part of the culture here. And then you have all the, the parents with their kids. They all think the kids are going to go pro. So every race you show up, you need, you always have, have this atmosphere with like, oh, look at him, look at him, look at him. Maybe he's going to be pro. It's not going to be pro. You should beat him. You should be that. This was not the same in mountain biking. That's what I really like. So. That's why I stay away from the road and stay on the road. It was more like friend, friendly. And at that time I was doing different sport and wasn't so competitive about it. I think it's a, it's a good uh, segue into um, asking the question of, you know, how you got involved in, in Zwift and esports. And you know, I have so many, so many mm -hmm. questions for you, so I don't, we don't need to go heavy into this, but you know, when did, when did, uh, when did it click for you? What was it, what was the defining moment that you said, you know, Swift and esports is going to be my thing. Actually, it was pretty like mm -hmm. by surprise, to be honest, like it was 2018 and I just finished cyclocross season and I was like, 
champion for the south part of Belgium, the French part of Belgium. It was the four times in a row, something like that. And I was like, okay, maybe it's time to do something different. And I registered for the haute route, Stervio on the road. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for something different to prepare for that. And I, I was a Rafa member at the time, and there is an opportunity to get Zwift for a fraction of the coast. And I signed up and I was then taking the, in the Facebook group. And then the people was talking about CVR, which was a league that was happening on the Tuesdays which fit my training schedule perfectly. That was like, okay, I do CVR instead of doing interval training because I was bored of doing interval training at the time. And so I get started with that. And yeah, it was like, okay, that's really cool. And then the rankings and the possibility to, to get to the life final and, and stuff was, whoa. That, and nobody in my, my area was doing that. And I was like, oh, maybe I find something pretty interesting so I keep going keep going and then I got the news that I was second at the the league for CVR and Ryan Christensen who is a New Zealand guy was the the winner of the league and he just get a pro contract with like Kenyan DHB at the time I think something like that so he wasn't able to go to Canada so I got the ticket and hmm. Got the ticket, went to Sevilla, Vancouver, and then yeah, the story starts. So there's there's a bit of backstory to that, you know. There's the, there's the, uh, the 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 first time on a smart trainer issue. The uh, story. There's also the story of how much money you made. You want to tell everybody about that? Yeah, like I arrived in in Vancouver, and then we had like a, a shooting for for Sevilla for their marketing stuff and and things like that that you. It's the first time actually I was in the, on the smart trainer. Like I never been on a smart trainer before that race. Like I remember the guys. There's some. I was next to Greg Leo. I was telling him, "Oh, which trainer difficulty should I use?" Because I never used trainer difficulty. I was. I didn't even understand what it was at the time. <laughs> I was like, he said, "Like, well, maybe use thirty percent is right." Okay, let's do that. And yeah, then I feel. It was, I think it was the hammer at the time. And I was like, wow, that's so smooth. Like I, I remember using the dumb trainer during the league and I was always with my resistance changing, trying to get more resistance to sprint or something like that. And when I sprinted, if I got over 900 watts, the, the wheels would slip like on the dumb trainer. Like, <laughs> so I, I sprinting was impossible. So I had to break away with 1K to go every race. Like if I want to get some points, so yeah, it was pretty. Do you prefer riding outside or Zwifting if you had a choice? I prefer training outside, but I prefer racing on Zwift. Makes, makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, you had mentioned in Bologna that you would never have gone that hard outside because of the risk of crashing. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, mm-hmm. it's that. Yeah, that that's I can I can totally understand that. That's something that. It's more mentally that going deep when you really disconnect everything and just push, 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 push. Something that you can't do outside because it would be, you can't do that in, in the middle of a bunch, you know? Mm. Or it's like when you see the, the, the big sprinter, they try to do that 
and then sometimes they crash for nothing and yeah something that more of more people can't do but you can do that on Zwift because we are in, in a safe environment so it, it gives you this opportunity if you really want to to really push harder than than you would do outside so racing wise it, it's perfect yeah, it's a good opportunity to speak about the uh, you know your, the uh, Zwift Grand Prix and your recent performance and and before we do it's yeah. like you know in, in the states we have this uh, this saying that the true dominance of sports is when everyone knows what you're going to do and you're able to do it anyway <laughs> and I I feel that that's what you did in the first two rounds of the Zwift Grand Prix because you, I, I read an interview with you back in two, nine, 2019 where you described exactly what you did in, in both of the first two rounds where you, you just kind of just roll off the front nonchalantly and then once you get a, a you know a 500 meter gap then you drop the hammer and you ride away from everybody hmm. and it's it almost seemed like and, and you know Nathan was was broadcasting at the time and it was, it was almost like he's saying to himself that is exactly what he did last week and he's doing it again and there's nothing that anybody can do about it you know, what would you say about that? Yeah, just like with the different power-ups we got, you always have to to get in your mind every possible scenario. It's like it's like a def, deck of cards. Which card should I play? And then I know people from the years go the years goes by, and people know that if I move, somebody is gonna jump in my wheel. So. I, I have to find different opportunities to to do what I used to do in the past. Like, if I go in front of the bench and try to attack, you can be sure they're going to get 10 guys in my wheel. And then they're going to counter me. So when I used the Ghost on the first Grand Prix, honestly, it was just because I felt shit. Like, really? Like, I was... I, I was nowhere. I did the first two sprints. I was like, oh man, I, I would never get any points for the team because I have no legs. My sprinting is so off. I was, my timing was off. And I, I had like one lap to say, okay, I need to find a different way to get points for the team. And I found that at that right spot on the course, people were doing like one watt per kilo because they're all trying to position themselves at the back of the pack because they wanted to get the draft for the prime. So that's why I, I really almost stopped riding to to go to back off, like back of the pack, hit the ghost and boom. Because I know if I push 10 watt per kilo, when there was like one watt per kilo, I would get 10 or 15 meters in just a second. Like, and then it was just hoping for the best to be able to 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 stay away but my my first pick was to just get the first points and then we'll see but i needed points at that time because i had nothing and i was feeling so bad that i knew i couldn't sprint against those guys on that day because okay riding the problem with europe is that you ride in the evening so i had my my day at work so my legs not so fresh like i'm doing training in the morning so i need to get different different options Mm -hmm. And you're on your feet all day at, at the store? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, all day. I mean, it that, all adds up. That's all right. of that stuff adds up to fatigue. So I have, have a couple questions. Yeah, go. 
do you do you have a favorite course on Zwift? Mm, I like Yorkshire to race. To race, I like, like Yorkshire. Yorkshire. I like course like Yorkshire or Nico Bocker in New York is a nice one too for me. So you like I, the punchy? You like the punchy, punchy climbs? climbs? Yeah. I need. I, I like the course then, that that fatigue people. I need I need the bunch to be fatigued to be like at my at my best because I like the repetition of of the efforts. And then talking about your legs getting tired and being on your feet all day, do you do any kind of mobility work? No, I'm, I'm strength honestly, training. Honestly, I'm super bad for that. <laughs> like I I, I, I I pick up gym this summer just to try to work on my sprint, but and. I'm old school. Like I just go riding and then try to get, I, I know I have like 10 hours a week and it's riding. That's it. You know, and doing like core workouts, mobility workouts. I always say, okay, I'm going to do that. And then, ah, uh, no, maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow. And then I'm, I'm so bad at that. Like all stretching and stuff like that. No. It must be nice yeah. to have a, uh, you know, a, outstanding talent that you're able to, to fall back on that. I would have no idea what that is. Anything to do with that. Yeah. And you know, for me, it's almost like you can't keep me off of a bike. So as far as like getting in the time on the bike every week is not a problem. And I like to do gym work and I like to lift weights and I like to do some core stuff, but I can always talk myself out of that, but I'll, I'll never talk myself out of a bike ride. You know, like it's an impulse. Yeah. Like I don't have a compulsion to do some crunches. I don't have a compulsion to pick up a barbell. I like it when I'm doing it, but there's like not a lot of startup energy there where it's like, man, it is, you know, 10 degrees Celsius or 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Yes, I did the translation. And, <laughs> uh, and it is like a beautiful sunny day and it's crisp. I'm out. You know, like I'm jumping on my mountain bike and I'm going to the trails. So, yes, I, I know what you mean. I'm yeah. just going to jump in here real quick. And in pre-production, we were chatting, Lionel, and you brought up some stories and some stuff that brought a lot of memories to me for the early days of Zwift racing. And uh -huh. some people who might be newer to Zwift and just picking up on the Z-Communique and, and seeing that there's this whole content space for Zwift, are going, okay, who's the duck and what's going on with, with this Lionel guy? What is even Canyon Esports? And, you know, like they have no, no idea. They just see, whoa, this guy is obviously a top racer. They're talking about him like he's important. Why is he important? You know, and so um, do you want to just, we were talking CVR, your first in real life event a little bit. You You mentioned a little bit about, you know, some old school names that, you know, I haven't, talked to you in a while that brought back some good friendships so you know where where did it kind of start for like whoa this is super serious for you i mean and then, it's, like in that, that that early days yeah it's it's the opportunity to like of course after cvr i, I got in touch with Riz from canyon esport the manager they was already telling me that he wanted to create a team and stuff like that and both Canyon Esport and the opportunity to be a Zwift All Star for the Kiss Super League, that was the best thing that would happen to me at that time because I was. So just real quick, I'm gonna interrupt you. Just real yeah. quick, Lionel, just for the for the listeners, 
um, CVR was the first in real life esports events. The first one happened in Roanoke, then Las Vegas. Then there was, what was I mean? There was was there pa- London, Vancouver, LA. I mean, there was there was a bunch of them. Uh, and Lionel was like the champion of the first one, and that was prior to Canyon, wasn't it? That was prior yeah. to you being a part of the Canyon esports. It was like six months before being part of Canyon esports, when Chris was also a member of Rafa. Rafa membership, stuff like that. So we got in touch with that. And then he was talking to me about the project. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'm fine about that. No worries. And then six months later, with the KISS Super League, you had also the KISS Community League, right, with that. And then he was a bit pushed to launch his project a little before. So I joined. And I was also in the Zwift All-Star. So I do both, you know. So I had the chance to be at the beginning of that, which was at the time the more professionalized esport team on Zwift because we had so many, so much support from brands and stuff like that, which was crazy. Like it was like a pro team, but on Zwift. And also I got the opportunity to be on the Zwift All-Star and be with some guys like Kim Leder and Casey Chan, who are not maybe... Talent-wise, maybe not not your your Leonard Tuggers right now, or your 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 Barnes or, or Tom Fraud or any of those guys now. But those guys knew the game and the way the game works, and I learned so much from them. Like I still use what I learned that there now because yeah, they they just understand the game and. If you don't understand the game, you can be the best you want. You're always going to be tricked. So That brings up a topic real quickly on the All-Stars versus the pros that happened during that KISS Super League. If those that don't know, you can go back on YouTube. It's on, I believe it's on Zwift's main channel. We were also doing a similar thing to what had ZRL at the time, Zwift Racing League with community slash professional or top level uh, and broadcasting kind of in two spots. But um, the idea of Zwifters versus pros, which was, was way more of a talking point at that time, at that point in real life pros, right? We had this separation and the, the, the all-stars were almost like this band of like, I don't know what you like, like, I I feel like coming in out of Nottingham forest and and like, or something like, I I feel like this, like, I felt like a, like a dad, like, like a 40 years old dad, like take on the pros, like, yeah, these guys come from nowhere. I ride against the pros. Said, come on, man! I'm I'm on Zwift. I know I know the game. So let let me let me do it. You know, like I remember Kofidis. Kofidis, they they didn't even exit the pen. Like, yeah, you guys whooped them. You guys whooped everybody. Like yeah. that's what ended up happening. Is the Zwifters knew the game, and you guys did an amazing job against the pros. So yeah, I remember that, and, also, and I loved it. <laughs> Yeah, also when you check the pros who really went very big on that KISS Super League, that was BB. But BB was already a Zwifter before. So he was a pro, but he was using Zwift. So it makes sense at that time. So And being able to, to race against him, knowing that he knew the game and was also a pro, that was a switch for me. Like I knew that was, I was good enough to be at top level. That wasn't only CVR. 
So a lot, of, a lot of stuff has changed, obviously, in esports since then. You know, getting rid of the uh, the, the the emphasis on having pros and trying to to facilitate that whole you know farce is is something you know certainly an improvement. What else do you do you feel has changed in esports since you uh, kind of bust on the scene in, in 2018? And uh, you know, what do you think is the is the best change? Uh, of course, the format format being closer to what an esport should be, like more entertaining than just... Honestly, the first two World Championships, that was the most boring race I have never done. Like, it was boring as hell. <laughs> to ride, to ride the first one, I remember I, I was in the group chat with the Belgian guys and we had like Campanats, we had the Ghent and guys like that. And they were like, oh, we should attack. We should do that. We should do that. And I was like, come on, guys, just stay quiet until the last climb. Because there's nothing to do else on that course. What up your figure eight? You can't get away with a bunch of 100 guys, like 100 guys behind you, with half of them being pro riders. You never get away. So just stay quiet. So it was a group ride with... The KM after party. That's it. You know. Do you do you feel like Do you feel like there's been a change because of Pack Dynamics 3.0 at all? Like I, so during World the first World Championships, we didn't have 3.0 Pack Dynamics 3.0. Mm -hmm. We've had two different changes since then, and I do feel like the ability to get away at this point is a little bit easier since 3.0. But I'm not sure that would have changed anything about that course specifically but i do i don't know maybe maybe not but probably not with the level and 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 the distance there it's just it's just too hard on that course you think yeah like honestly 2.0 3.0 at the level of premier league racing because let's say pro is premier league racing you don't see the difference hmm, you don't see it. because <clears throat> the the draft the draft and the bunch is too too fast and too quick the only thing that changed is when you throw sprints for points in the middle of it and the ability to recover from them. That's make or break the race. If you don't put that in the race, if you do a race like the, the World Championship and standard race, the scratch race, nothing happened until the last climb. Nico Boker was a, quite of an exception because this, the gradient of the climb that really split the pack. But otherwise, I mean, it, even then, it still came with a big group, though. Even yeah. then, it was a pretty great group at the, and it was just a sprint to the top, and yeah. and so that was it, really, at the end. So, Leo, going back a little further, what got you into cycling in the very beginning, in the first place? Nathan, I How think Nathan know them, but is the Fumich brothers on the mountain bike? There's two guys mm -hmm. from Germany and. I don't know the, their mentality, the way they, they do the sport, the way they do their own project. It always like, ah, that's so cool. I want to be like that, like them, you know, so. So you started on a mountain bike? Yeah. 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 Just. And how old were you then? Uh, I think I was like 12, 12 or 13, oh, yeah. something like that. So do you prefer, if you're going to ride out, if you're going to ride outside, are you going to prefer to ride trails or on the road? Depends of the, of the area. In my place, I prefer road. But if I'm in the mountain, I prefer mountain biking, of course. Mm -hmm. 
Well, if you ever make it back stateside, Nathan and I would love to go riding with you. Yeah, that would be so fun. Yep, and I know our audience can't Shoot. see this, but I've got my my mount, my steed, my mountain bike right here behind me. Yeah. Yep. That's sick Love bike, it. man. Thanks. That's a he's got that's a S which S works is that? It's a 2019 S works custom build. Um it's got a pair of uh, Industry 9 ultralight <laughs> wheels, Fox 34 front fork 120 um 170 dropper post and i just put a power meter on it last week so now i've even got power nice yeah. very yeah. awesome so i love it i want to get back to uh asking leo about the uh the history of zwift and and the uh the world championships and like i know that um you know back back then i think that there was a very much an emphasis of you know like putting like the uh like the, the weight of esports, like making you a uh, kind of like the ambassador for the sport, having the spotlight on you. And I know that that's something that's that's uh, kind of weight on you, you know, with the premier division and things like that. And I just wanted to get your, your thoughts and a little bit of background on that. Yeah, don't, it's difficult to say it was it was a pressure, but like Nathan said, I was there from a couple of years already before the World Championships. So, and people... Like, okay, let's take Matt Gardiner, for example. He always said that I always show up when something big happens. So the more the people tell you that, in your mind, you feel like, oh, I should show up because if I don't show up, the people are going to start talking that, oh, it's not that good. It's maybe, he tricked his place. Maybe, maybe he was cheating before because he was good before and not good now. There's always come with the Zwift racing is the suspicion about performance and it's not being an ambassador for the, the sport that was hard, but it's always the the necessity to prove yourself all the time. And if you look back if you look back at the riders from two or three years ago, how many of them are still there now? That make you think a lot about about racing and about how how the platform changed and how the the standard changed and yeah it, it's it's not easy because you just want to race and you just want to have fun and stuff like that but in the same times you have to be to be okay with the rules to be more strict and more strict and more strict and even if you if if you know that you're gonna be at your best, you still like oh, but why should I do that? Why should I prove myself again and again and again, and pass Zada again and show my weight again and show Steers uh, do a record and stuff like that? It's, I mean, the repetition, the in the long term, it's pretty hard. I I did notice, Understand. I did notice sometime last year or in the last two years you may have had a little burnout on it at least that's yeah. what i sensed from you and all of a sudden you've had a resurgence i feel like this past summer i saw some training and a little more motivation do you want to speak to the burnout to the motivation that's come for some reason like what happened to get burnt out like you were saying the pressure yeah. that was coming from the zada testing and maybe some other factors too I mean, what was all coming together there? And, and then maybe we'll talk to like, where did the motivation come from? It's just that, like I said, 
I, it's, I'd said quite a lot in the past that for me, Premier League, like Zwift Racing League, Premier League last year and the year before, it's toxic. It was toxic because it was back to back to back to back every week. And at least in my, in my case, the racing going in the evening, you can't sleep after that, you know. So it's one day of the one day of the week you can't sleep, but the next day I should be at work at seven a.m. Mm. and take the pressure from work, take the pressure from everyday life with being self with being sleep deprived. One week it's okay, two weeks is okay, but doing that six or eight weeks in a row, three times a year, you get crazy, mm. and. There is also the pressure from racing, like you have to do your waiting two, two hours before, but you want to be at your top, top weight, top shape for your team. So the day before you, be, you take care of what you hit. And then after the race, you have to post your dual record. But even if you know your setup is right, you always have this like fear that something goes wrong with your setup. That and you can't explain something also. There's always a pressure. Even, even if you are used to it, it's always a pressure. I remember Tour of Watopia when we did the Pro-Am racing. I was three or five times in a row in the top three. I had to send the same Zada Dala every, every race. Like the same. But I need to do it. And, you know, it's... All these little things, at some points, it blow your mind. And yeah, right. Like last summer, not this summer, but summer 2021, 21, I burned out. Like I didn't touch a bike for like almost two months mm. or just, just casually running because I got the first world championship. I had to fight for my spot at the world championship. I had to send email. I had to to sell myself, to be honest, just to, to have a spot on for the world championship. And then I got the Zwift Academy. In the middle of that, I got COVID. That was, that was too much. I carry on for the Zwift Racing League. And then when the Zwift Racing League was over, my body goes crazy. I got like health issues, like mm. I, I couldn't sleep. I, could, I didn't want to eat. It was really bad state. Then yeah, I just try to see the things differently, give some different goals in cycling, and then slowly the things come back. You know. So I think it's something that, that people don't really realize that you know for racers of your level to continue, like you mentioned that the, a lot of the same names aren't still racing. They're like the demands upon you are ten times greater than it is for a pro road racer you know they they don't have to do all the zada stuff they don't have to you know worry about any technical issues you know the mechanic you know you know brings the bike out and they jump on it and they ride they don't have to worry about weighing in or anything like that you know i just like i I wonder if there'll ever be a tipping point at some point go ahead at some points i remember at the beginning of the like tour de zwift program and and watopia tour watopia before zwift racing league there are some races where I back off 
because I was scared there, there would be like some something like people would say, oh, it's not possible that he does that. Hmm. Because the standard for ver verification at that time was like, hmm, you are not in the Kogan uh, list, you are over the Kogan t uh, table, you know? And yeah, but that that that's what it is because that's the game, that's that's what Zwift is. Like we got tested at Ghanaian eSport with in seed and all numbers there in line with the pro numbers. Just the difference is that we don't have the endurance. That's it. Right. Because it's a specific work. Sure. But people don't understand that. And it's very really difficult to change the mind of people because why is so strong on Zwift, but he doesn't have a pro contract on the road? Because the road is different. Put me inside on the peloton, I would shit myself <laughs> because I couldn't, I can't ride in a peloton. I can't ride with those guys with the skills those guys have because I don't have those skills. But put me in the, at the bottom of a climb and get those guys on a one, one climb, I can be with the best, I'm sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure also. Yeah, so if you could make a career of just being an e-racer, um, would that appeal to you? Or uh, do you like the security and the stability of having a full-time job? Because a lot of what you had mentioned about like the pressures of Zwift, well, if that was all that you had to do... Um, it would be different. Yeah, it would be different. It's different because it's like a pro. A pro, he knows about being tested, anti-doping testing can show up any time of the day. You mm. accept that because it's part of the job. Me, I already have a job. I have a, my, my cycling life is just like 10 to 15 hours of, of my week. So why should I be, should I feel the stress of that 24 seven? Uh, it's different. Like, of course, if I could be pro on Zwift, that would be huge. But in the same time, I'm 33. So I'm not, if I was younger, 25 maybe, yeah, that would be sick. But at my, my age, like, to be honest, losing Zwift Academy was a blessing. Hmm. Honestly, that was a cool experience, but it was a blessing to, to not get the contract. And I'm happy for Jay kidding it so it's it's pretty cool for him but i'm super happy for him i'm super happy not being on the road with a pro contract that's just the reality one topic when you're talking about not getting invited to the uci worlds and how hard you had to fight for that um i don't know if people would understand or even know what was going on in the background there but i remember um you know, I, I just remember there was a lot of individuals within the Zwift racing world. And I feel like the Zwifters and the virtual cyclists, since we had a, a first world championships and now, you know, a second one, there's a little bit more credibility that has come around being a virtual racer. And so, duh, these people who are, it's a no brainer. These people who are part of the platform, who are top all stars there should be a part of UCI world in some sort of way. How did you, how do you think about that? And what, but what was the process? And then how do you think about that? Like, 
Did you feel slighted? Do you think, well, yeah, it kind of makes sense because now we have a pathway that's opening up and people should prove themselves here and we just didn't have the structure for proving? Or or was it more like, look, we made this. Why are you taking over? And I've been here this whole time and all of a sudden, it kind of how people feel about worlds in some ways for gravel right now. Like, although that, so yeah, you know, yeah. so go ahead, take, take, uh, take that one. I mean, it's a lot of things change from one world championship to the other. Like the first one, I contact the federation. I got Reese, my manager. He pushed a lot to to the Belgian federation to to push to get me selected. And I remember I sent an email. I say, okay, maybe we're gonna check that later. We're gonna check that later after world championship on the road. And I never got any answer. And then Zwift gave me like. A wildcard. I remember Charlie sent me an email. Okay, you get selected by Zwift as a wildcard. And then right there, the next day, the federation tell me, okay, you you get a wildcard, it's fine for us. Hmm. But if Zwift didn't give me the wildcard, I wouldn't be, would have been at the first world championship. And how did you finish? That's why I, I forgot, was... Zion, sorry, but in the first one, I forgot at this point. How did you finish? I got, got six. You top got 10. six top ten. Got six place. First Belgium. And First Belgium. Yeah. 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 Uh, and the following year, we got the pathway with the qualific the continental qualifier. But take take a moment to to think about it. Like Europe, they're gonna have like three hundred riders with the top ten qualify. I never had so much pressure in my life. <laughs> because I really wanted to be at the world championship. And I was top 10 the, the, the year before and the federation, they didn't contact me just to tell me, oh, you got top 10 last year. We're gonna give you a selection. Don't worry about the qualification. That's why I wanted to change my nationality at the time, because for me, it was lack of respect. Like I'm focused on the platform. This is the biggest event of, on the platform. I'm one of the best should get a direct ticket, you know, but I have to fight for my ticket. And I'm happy that I won that race. Because the right the, in the following hour, I got a message. In the following hour. But now, honestly, things changed because they, they got someone that know about eSport as a coach, national coach. And for us in Belgium, it's, a lot better. I don't know for I can't speak for under the federation, but in Belgium is a lot better. And and the guy who work for that is a really good guy. He knows the game. He know the game. So so yeah, I think I think we're gonna have a strong team this year. But things change. At the first place, it was was a, a hell. Isn't it amazing so how important good. it is to have someone? who's had the feet on the ground in and amongst a sport, knows yeah. the people, knows the sport, knows the spirit of it, knows what it's about to be able to even make decisions from a competent way. If you don't have that, it change everything. It's yeah, I mean if you don't have that, yeah. And to be honest, I understand the federation. It's it's just it's a new thing. It's a pretty they don't really know about it. Uh, and and yeah, it's Belgian Federation. They 
take care about cyclocross road, a bit of mountain biking, but the rest, they have too much work for that. So, so I, I did understand this was no problem, but in the same time I had to fight for myself and I wanted my spot. So if it's not Belgium, it would be another, another country if I can. <laughs> That's intense. People have to understand that for us, world championship is the only race where we are all in the same equipment. So it's the only race you can really, I don't say trust, but it's the one race. You should, you have to be there. Do it, is, is that hard for you jumping on different equipment? So is this the, is it similar to the equipment you're already on? For me, it's, it, I, like I said, the good thing for me is that I, I took part in a lot of live events. So I, I already test a lot of different trainers. So for me, it's not, not a problem, but you can see check the results, you're going to see some main differences. And do you get the equipment with enough lead time, like before the race to where you can test it and try it and get used One to month. it? One month. And remember the first one, the first one was on the Neo. And I know you guys, I love Alden, you know, Alden Como. This, the guy, I, I love him. And I remember one of his duels, it was like that piece of garbage, you know, because he hated that trainer. And I understand him because when you are a sprinter, the Neo, it's helpful to ride, you know? So yeah, that's, that's the thing. I really hate it also, but you, you gotta do with what, what you get, but, but yeah. Guys, it's difficult for for the moment. I'm a rider, and the full focus for me is world championship. Is the race? I'm obsessed with that race. It's for the good thing and the bad thing, but I'm obsessed with that race. So that's what drives me, and for my training and my motivation. But for the future, I really, I'm. It's different. Last year. I was feeling like, oh, where does eSport goes? Because if we just try to mimic road racing, it's not going to be anywhere. But with the new formats, yeah, it's kind of fun. It's not really fun to ride, but it's fun to watch. So, so it's exciting. And yeah, if I can, in the future, if I can share my experience, I try to, to share experience with some guys in the coalition. And it's something that... Helping community teams to to get better is something I really like. Yeah, that was what I was going to ask then, is the new formats. It sounds like you're really enjoying that. Your training, I saw over the summer and heading into this season, I mean, I mentioned it during the Grand Prix in the commentary, but what were you doing? I saw one-minute power that I was like, how? How is that even happening? Like, <laughs> and And I think the and, and and so i guess has your training changed up a little bit with your full focus on world championships and do you like 
and 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 is it something that favors your talent or you know because it's a very very different format than what we've seen before yeah and obviously you've been very successful in the first two rounds of the grand prix has that boosted your your confidence that okay this is the right direction for me and and, and liking where that's heading and, and so those are two things like what do you think of the new format not just from an entertainment point of view but a training and enjoyment of the racing point of view and then how does that affect your world championships too yeah, it's mean like I, training is the same for me. 90 percent of the training is the same, but there is still like some fine tuning that you do specifically for the for the demand of the, this new kind of racing. But if you remember well, I, I always did great on this this kind of format that was maybe like it's closer to CVR first with the repetition of sprinting. Also, Zwift Academy. I don't know if you remember the race, the points race on the final. I already did pretty great at that race. So it's few things I, I have experience with and I try to use it. And also coming from off-road, mountain biking, cyclocross, the elimination, elimination format with sprint every minute is like a cyclocross race when you go out of the corner. So it's something like I come back from to some style of workout I did when I was doing cyclocross, like microbursts, uh, crisscross, a lot. So, but to do that, you need to have like some basics with like a very high CP5, a very high CP1, and then you work with that, like a percentage of it. And try to see what you are able to re repeat how many times you can repeat your best one minute? Okay, my best one minute is maybe like, I don't know, 12 watt per kilo, 11 watt per kilo. But can I repeat nine watt per kilo 10 times in a row with just one minute recovery? I, That's pretty different. I, I'm not sure viewers understand during a Grand Prix or even myself, you know, until I get into a repeated effort and then trying to hang on to the roll through of a pack, like at the speeds that they're going and the timings that have to do not just to get and avoid an elimination, but then avoiding getting dropped and how mm -hmm. much suffering there is. And then how much you need to recover to go again immediately. Like how hard these races actually are. I'm not sure people can get a, a handle on it because, because of how much repeat, I mean, is there any sport? I don't know if anybody here can think of a sport that that's, Hockey's the only one that I think I've been in where like red line, blue line, red line, blue line, blue line, red line, like those kind of repeats. I don't know if anybody can relate to that, but that those over and over again, repeated efforts where it's just high intensity. Those are the, I mean, a lot of people talk about going to the bin after a ride and, and being like, oh my gosh, I'm going to, I'm going to vomit. Like those are the only ones I think that have ever put me to that level. And I, do you feel like the racing is harder? because of this new format because i would looking at what you guys are doing i think those those look like they're the hardest thing you could possibly do essentially it's like the tiny race is smacked into a very small piece of, like the even shorter period of time essentially that's difficult to say because if you ride it well if you are mindful of what you are doing if you are not like if you are in control that's pretty different that if you are like trying to save yourself every sprint, 
because it's like an elastic band and it will crack anytime. But if you look back at my race, there are some sprints I was at the back using the draft just to push, just to, to pass and not being the last. And some I tried to put a bit of pressure on the guys. And at the moment, you, in your mind, you feel like you are in control. It's not the hardest part of the race. The hardest part of the race is the first two races when you have to get your spot for the last one. And because you have to get your spot, but you have to save energy for the last race. So it's, it's, it's hard to tell, honestly. If you are on a good day and you are in control, it's pretty fun. But if you're on a bad day and you have to save your life, it's the, the worst thing you can do is that kind of racing. If you see what I'm, I mean, but it's all about your training also. If you put yourself in those situations, doing specific intervals that push you to, to, the, head, to the edge of, of wanting to quit, yeah, it's in the... It's, you need to train your legs, but you need to train your mind. And yeah, it's, it's all about the repetition and yeah, that's all about that. So I just want to wrap up by, uh, by asking you one more question and then, uh, and then, and then to thank you for, uh, for joining us. But do you ever envision in your lifetime that, that esports will be a, uh, will be a, a place where pros get paid a get paid a wage or and are able to focus purely on racing just like you know like a like a pro road rider does and is that something that you'd be interested in of course it should be but the the problem with the problem with cycling esport is that we tend to be too much like cycling and not enough like esport why why people on on Overwatch, on League of Legends, on Call of Duty, they they got more money than any cyclist mm. because it's an esport and they they market the things like an esport. For us, it's always like first this is cycling and then it's an esport, but it should be an esport that is cycling. If you see what I mean, but like Nathan is always say always make. Uh, allusion of different like overwatch and, and 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 games like that is totally right it should be closer to that than what cycling at the moment and that's why the new format we gone we go in the right direction i think so yeah why not having professional riders it's a specific discipline so i myself would certainly love to see that and i i I want to tell you, it's been a, a real honor having you join the podcast. Been, been a big, been a big fan forever, and you know it's uh, it's uh, it's really great. And I um you know listening to you and Nathan, who you know kind of uh you know mainstays on the on the esports scene, has, has been a, an honor also and a pleasure. Is there anything else that you'd like to uh, like to say, Leo, before we sign off? Uh, I don't really know, but yeah, it's. Just, just enjoy your ride on Zwift and and just like that's a, that's a great way to the, end off. Yeah, that just don't think too much. Just try to have fun, and then things gonna go 
the, in the right direction as, so, as soon as you have fun. Don't try to overthink everything like I did in the past and I, I got a really bad, bad state. So just enjoy Each race is different. Each race is a new opportunity. So have fun. Fun is fast. <laughs> I think that's great advice. Thanks again, Leo, for, for joining us. And thank you all for listening to the Virtual Vela podcast, and I will be back with another topic soon. Thank you.